Welcome to the Proclaim podcast, where we sit down with missionary disciples and talk all things around sharing Jesus with others. Welcome to another episode of the Proclaim podcast, and we are talking about all things uh, related to the Proclaim mission of awakening disciples to proclaim Jesus. And a big part of proclaiming Jesus is understanding that each and every one of us are called to evangelize and that we have uh, what we call a proximate periphery, those who are close to us, but far from Jesus. And uh, over the last number of episodes, we've had the privilege of talking with Michael Hall, a CCO missionary, uh, but also a local grown um, disciple from our Archdiocese of Vancouver, but now living in Ottawa. We won't hold that against you. Uh, I know you're still an avid Canucks fan, and, and so that really is all that matters, right, Michael? Absolutely. I mean, the sins are great and all, but you know, my heart is still, my heart is still at home. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll be on a plane as soon as uh, we make the playoffs again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's maybe I won't wait that long. I'll try to get back before that happens. Well, yeah. Let's let's be positively hopeful on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So like I said, uh, Michael works for Catholic Christian Outreach as a lay missionary, but he has also written a book um, that uh, entitled Intentional Accompaniment. And Intentional Accompaniment has been something that has uh, grown in through the wisdom and the experience of CCO over 30 years. And, uh, and I think there's a gift there that we can receive from this wisdom uh, in the Proclaim movement, as each and every one of us are invited to accompany people in our lives. So we've had various topics of conversation around the intentional accompaniment model. So this uh, continues that series of conversations. And today, we're going to talk about a particular diagram that is presented in, um, in the book. Uh, so it's, it's a way in which we can approach the framework, um, I guess, efficaciously. Um, and um, yeah, so this Diagram is a Venn diagram that has three consent, three circles sort of over, overlapping and um, and helps us understand how we can best use the framework. So um, we're going to dive into each of these areas. But uh, Michael, why don't you tell us about the three areas in the in the diagram that can help us really understand how we can best use the intentional accompaniment framework? Yeah. So th- when we think about why do we call it intentional accompaniment? It's because we do believe that we're kind of holding these two um, two things in balance. And one, that we want to have a spiritual closeness with people, but also that we have a job to do. And so then we need to, you know, which is to make disciples of all nations. So if you've got a job you need to accomplish, you need to be intentional in doing it. You need to to know the purpose you want to accomplish and the plan that you have to, to lay that out. So as we think about how do we be intentional in our accompaniment, uh, we, we kind of looked at that there's, there's these three Ps of people, programs, and paraclete. And paraclete, of course, being the word for the Holy Spirit. Um, and that when those three come together, we really kind of have the, the sweet spot of an intentional accompaniment as it should be. Um, so we can start with the, the people. Uh, and I think that's maybe probably the one that's the most obvious in a way that you need to have a, you know, if we're going to intentionally accompany people, you need to have a focus on people. Um, but it, we easily can lose sight of that uh, in the midst of the busyness of, of ministry, especially if you're planning a, a more formal ministry. Uh, maybe you're, you're running uh, a ministry at your parish or, a, you know, a collection of small groups or 
you may be planning a conference, you know, or a, a parish event or something like that. And we can get so caught up in the details of wanting to make that ministry event excellent, you know, and so um, we, we, we put the focus, you know, when we're planning this, this parish event, we put the focus on, well, what's the room going to look like and how's the registration process going to work? And is the speaker lined up and is the sound equipment ready? And, and all those things are important. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to forget those things because otherwise your event won't come off the way it's supposed to come off. But in the end, sometimes we can put the focus so much on that, that we forget that the event is about reaching individual people. Um, uh, same can happen when you're leading a small group that you get so focused on wanting to lead the lesson well um, or to, to host that alpha group well um, that we might forget to actually kind of drill down into the experience of each one of the people who are involved in that group. So we have to have a, a radical commitment to a one person at a time mentality. That's, that's what we're encouraging with this idea of the focusing on people, a radical commitment to one person at a time. And the way that can look is, so let's use the example of, you know, you're leading a small group faith study. So like a discovery study or something like that. Uh, and, and let's say you've got a coach who meets with you, somebody who's, who's working with you week by week. And the, probably the first question you'll get asked by the coach is, well, how'd it go? How did this week go? You know, you, do, you did lesson three, you know, how did lesson three go? And your response is generally going to be, you know, oh, it went really well. They seem to get it. Or this week was tough. I, I don't know uh, if they were really getting it this week. But your, your answer there is still focused on the group. And the way we can accompany one, with a one person at a time mentality is to, to press in a little bit and say, that's great. I'm glad to hear it went well. How did John respond when you shared that analogy from this, this lesson? How did Susie respond? And see, what you're doing with that question is you're taking it from the group to the individual. And that's pressing in on that one person at a time uh, sort of mentality. That's, um, that can be challenging for a lot of us who have thought through uh, ministry programs from a programmatic lens. Um, certainly, relationships are always at the heart of, um, of good ministry. Uh, but when you get to that level of detail, it really does challenge missionary disciples to, uh, to think in a different way, to think uh, in, in a lot more caring um, and focused, individual, unique way. I just, I find that challenging always, and, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the model, uh, but to, to get that to that level of detail can be very, very useful. Now, uh, you have three areas, people program Paraclete, and of course, they're um, you know, they have a relationship with each other in terms of how they help intentional accompaniment. So you've done a deep dive on the people part, but how does program play together with the people? Because, you know, I've heard people talk about like having, uh, you know, either having a really, really good program and making sure that like the program is the right program. But then you've also heard people about say, no, it's, it's people over programs and we need to always focus on programs and almost throw out programs uh, both in language and as a method of of reaching and evangelizing. So how do they how do they relate to each other? So I, I love that you used that that phrase "people over programs" because that is a very popular one. I've heard it a lot at different conferences and, and that sort of thing for the last number of years. And I think it's a very well intentioned phrase, but I think there's something just 
we, we miss in that, that we might end up sidelining these great programs that have been made um, out of a, a misunderstood idea that the program can't help you reach the people. And right. so the, the phrase I'd propose is actually people through programs that we have a one person at a time mentality, but the hard part is you, you want to reach these people, but you don't know how you, you don't know what, how am I supposed to share the gospel with this person? How am I supposed to take them from um, not knowing Jesus to multiplying missionary disciple? Uh, that's where these programs are, are excellent because there are people who have done fantastic work to pave the way for you to kind of they've, they've done the hard work of trial and error and 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 they've done the hard work of, of searching the scriptures to to present the you know great passages that can spark conversation that can spark conversion that can you know lead us deeper into holiness and mission let's use them let's put them to use you know and i think uh you know certainly i, I you know from a CCO perspective, I can speak to the programs that we use with our, our faith study programs. Uh, I know Alpha is a huge part of what you guys are doing with Proclaim, and they do a fantastic job. But I think there's so many other great programs. I think of you know all the work Bishop Barron's doing with Word on Fire, or you know guys like Jeff Cavins and and Father Mike Schmitz has got his Bible in a Year podcast now, and all the Great Adventure Bible Timeline things. I mean, you could go on and on and on. Um, you know, my alma mater is the Augustine Institute, and they've got that are form.org and Symbolon and all these sorts of programs, they're all, they all do this great work of presenting the faith in a very uh, relatable way in, you know, ways that are easy to use. So let's put that together with that accompaniment mindset that I will use these great programs, but as I'm using the program, the program is a tool to facilitate the relationship that I want to have with these people. So I don't lead a discovery faith study just for the, the sake of the content that's in it, or I don't take them through Symbolon or Alpha or whatever for the content. I do it because that will give me the opportunity to be in a direct relationship with people and proclaim the gospel to individuals and then follow up from what's taught in the lessons through our intentional accompaniment so that we can see each person getting that um, that individual attention and, and walking with them through what they're experiencing, what they're learning, what they're struggling with. Uh, so that now we are, we're using those programs as, as a, as a fantastic tool in the hands of a great missionary who wants to accompany others. Wow. To all of our proclaim listeners, I hope that there's been an aha moment for you or some sense of uh, awareness in, in your capacity and your desire to want to grow as a missionary disciple. Because I think what Michael said there is right on, where uh, we have the tool of programs that we can use in our relationship with others, and through those programs, we don't have to, you know, the programs are there, so we don't have to reinvent the wheel or, not, or, or feel stuck or challenged by how we can deliver and proclaim the gospel. It's all there for us, and that's great. And so when we have people in our proximate periphery that we can accompany, and we're focused on them and relational in, um, in our approach, and we have a wonderful program in our tool belts. When we have both of those going for us, then um, I hope that for you as a missionary disciple, you feel a lot more confident um, in your evangelizing work so that, um, so that you, can, you, you have the right mindset and the disposition, and then you've got a, a wonderful tool um, that you can learn how to use. Now, 
the third part of this uh, of this model is Paraclete, Holy Spirit. So how does that interplay with the others? I mean, without the Holy Spirit, nothing's going to happen. That's like what it boils down to. It doesn't matter right. how great your program is. It doesn't matter how radically committed you are to a one person at a time mentality. If you aren't letting the Holy Spirit take the lead, then there's there's only so much you can do on your own steam. There is not one person you can convince of the truth of the gospel through your own words. There's not one heart you can change just by your accompaniment alone. You know, that's the, the church is quite clear on that, that the one who changes a heart is the Holy Spirit. The one who convinces our mind of the truth of the gospel is the Holy Spirit. So without the Holy Spirit, we don't really have much going for us. Um, we, we're, we're just like another educational institute. But in, with the Holy Spirit, we're working with the literal power of God. We are working with the third person of the Trinity to, as he is speaking to the hearts and to the minds of the people that we're accompanying, uh, then we're just, we're just going along with his plan. And, and that's, I think, one of the big things is that we, we let the Holy Spirit take the lead, which means it's his plan that matters. So you may desire uh, amazing, you may have great hopes for this person, but it may not be yet the timing that the Holy Spirit has planned. And his timing is always better than when anything we've got. Um, and we have to remember that God wants that, uh, each person's heart far more than we could ever want that person's conversion. You know, I think of, you know, friends and family members who I have a deep, deep desire to see them come to a closer relationship with Jesus. Um, but my desire for that doesn't even, like, it, it pales in comparison to th- what the Lord wants for them. And so he's working, he has a plan, he knows their barriers, he knows what he's working through far more than I could ever know. But I also believe that the Holy Spirit wants to let us in on what he's up to. Uh, because to me, that just makes sense. That you know, we, we, we're, we're comfortable with the idea that we have a personal God who would want to speak to us in prayer, who will come to us in the sacraments, um, you know, who will speak into our lives you know, when we're discerning our vocations or discerning major decisions in our lives. And, uh, but sometimes we doubt that he would want to speak to us in the context of our ministry. Um, but to me, it only makes sense that this personal God who is sending you and I into the lives of individual people, and he has a plan for those people, and he wants us to be a part of that plan, it only makes sense that he wants to let us in on the plan. Mm-hmm. So I believe that we have the ability to, in prayer, ask the Lord, what's the next step you have planned? You, know, you can kind of say, like, Lord, what are you up to in this person's life? You know, what are you up to in John's life? And how do you want me to help? What's, what's the step I'm supposed to take? What do you want me to do? And mm-hmm. I, I believe that the Lord will speak to us in those moments. Um, whether it's something clear, you know, that it's, uh, you know, he kind of gives you a, a feeling of like, oh, it's, they're going in this direction, you know, particular direction, or whether it's in the moment that you're saying, Holy Spirit, help me to know what to say next. Um, and that he will. He'll give us the words to speak. That's a promise in Scripture that he will give us the words whenever we need them. Mm-hmm. And I think when you talk about the Holy Spirit, yeah, it's, it's, it's very obvious. And, and we know that he causes the change in hearts, and, uh, and he is that principal agent of evangelization. He causes conversion. 
when related to program and to people, uh, I could see how like there is an, a necessary drive of the Holy Spirit that inspires, prompts, leads someone to to think about or um, or consider an action. So, as an example, you might be listening to this and you're asking that question. You know, Holy Spirit, where where are you leading me? Where are you leading this person? And you might get a, a pretty clear response to that. Proclaim the gospel. And uh, the next question might be, well, how do I do that? <laughs> like, what is it that like what's available to me to proclaim the gospel? And uh, and so you know, another logical response to that could be, well, hey, my parish is running an alpha course, or uh, or I remember being part of a discovery study or whatever it is. And maybe that could be the way in which I proclaim the gospel. And so there's the people aspect to this model as well, which is, well, I'm not going to just point them in the direction of the program or the event and, um, you know, and just say, look, you should, you should go see this. What you're saying as well, and which really kind of frames the intentional accompaniment model is that, no, we have a, we have a part to play in, in this because we have the relationship with the individual and we can accompany them and meet them where they're at and to continue to ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. But we can also leverage the fact that there are tools um, available to us or programs available to us. And I love how this ties into the framework because the framework also just gives us a little bit of an aim. Like, you know, for those that we know are not who are not living the life of discipleship, the aim is discipleship. So mm-hmm. the aim isn't to complete an alpha course or to complete six lessons of a, of a faith study. The aim is, like, can, you know, as the Holy Spirit wills, like, will this person get to uh, the point of, of conversion, of, um, of being overwhelmed by the gospel and, uh, and encountering Jesus to a point of decision? So I can see how all these these play play together, and how important each of these components, people, program, paraclete, um, are I guess are at play with each other. I love how you made it so practical too with the like our consulting with the Holy Spirit because it, it that can sound so uh, almost like hyper spiritual. You know, it's like we're we're sitting there in some sort of rapturous state of ecstasy, like you know, with like great saints or something like that, um, and I mean. Sure, that can absolutely happen. That I mean, I think we all want that in our prayer as as a goal. Um, but the reality is that it, it is very concrete in many steps. It's 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 not even so much. I certainly believe he can he could speak to us directly, but also he can speak to us, um, you know, through you know, pull in a little bit of Ignatian discernment language here of, of consolation and desolation. So you know, as you're thinking about you know using your example, like okay, I want to preach the gospel to this person, what should I use? Um, you may not get the word discovery in your head or alpha in your head or hear a voice from the Lord, although that certainly can happen too. Um, you know, that it's like, you know, the idea of this program pops like, oh yes, that's right. But it might just be that you, you're praying for that and then you come across that bulletin announcement that there's an alpha program and there's something inside you just gets both this excitement and a peace of like, yes, yeah, that's it. I think that's might be where the Lord is leading me. That's allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you. Um, you know, and, and you're you're being aware of that prompting, of that that consolation he's offering you in that moment. Um, you know, and it can be that reverse too, that you're like, you know, Lord, should I lead this person in this particular program? And just doesn't quite sit right. And and that might be the desolation the Lord is offering. 
that leads you to then say, okay, maybe it's not that. What about this one? And then you have that feeling of peace. Well, those are all just ways that the Holy Spirit are, is speaking to us. Um, so it doesn't have to be, um, yeah, that you're, you, you spend hours in front of the tabernacle waiting for the Lord to, to speak this particular word. I, I mean, I'll never dissuade you from spending time in front of the tabernacle and all that. That's, those are really good things. But, um, but the Lord's guidance to us can be really practical and kind of in the moment. Uh, and we're just kind of looking for those little little hints, little whispers that he's giving us. When we take the time to entrust all of our efforts to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, I think you said it, there, there can be peace that comes in our heart and a confidence that we're doing something uh, first that first was grounded in prayer and was grounded in a sincere desire to listen to the Holy Spirit. And then to tie back to something we've said a, a number of times, that uh, successful witnessing, successful evangelization is us you know, taking the moment to proclaim, to share what has been prompted, but leaving the results up to God, and leaving conversion up to the one who can, in fact, affect conversion, which is the Holy Spirit. So for those of you who are, are thinking about this model of, pro, uh, of program, people paraclete in the approach of intentional accompaniment, our encourage to you is to, uh, to think about how you have evangelized or have taken evangelizing efforts, either for yourself personally or in your parish community, um, and to make a little bit of an assessment. Like how, how have I done with my people approach, my love for others, my care for them, my, uh, my thinking about them by name? Uh, how have I understood how programs can work in the evangelizing mission uh, and the invitation to proclaim Jesus in our homes and in our communities? And where am I at in my relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do I hear him? Uh, do I know how to hear him? Do I pray and ask for his guidance? Um, and so as you're thinking about those things, if there's something that comes to mind where you feel like, you know, maybe there's an area of growth there, I want to encourage you to uh, to to learn from other members of Proclaim, to join our, um, to invite others into the podcast, maybe listen to some of our other podcast episodes, join our Facebook group, uh, have a look at some of our previous trainings, uh, join our movement, because we are a movement that is a community of missionary disciples, and we want to help you uh, grow in your capacity and your ability to proclaim Jesus in your homes and in community. So, Michael, thanks so much for taking the time to share this aspect of uh, intentional accompaniment. And for those of you who would love to read his book and uh, the the wisdom and the experience of CCO's model of intentional accompaniment over the last thirty years, uh, you can get uh, you can order that at store.cco.ca. And I'm excited to say that we still have a couple more episodes that we're gonna uh, we're gonna dive into uh, to help us understand intentional accompaniment so that we can. Um, respond wholeheartedly to our call to make disciples of all nations and to focus in on proclaiming Jesus in our homes and in communities. So thanks again, Michael, and we will check in again next episode.